What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Fat Pratt Chat. If you know anybody who you think would like this information, please share with them. Feel free to send it to any of your friends or family members or coworkers, anybody from anywhere that potentially has any interest in some of the things that we discuss. So for today's episode, I have a question from somebody that said that they work out on their own at a gym, but they have no idea what weights to use. How do you figure out what the perfect weight is to use for certain exercises? Boy, do I wish that there was a simple answer to this one where we could just easily type in some sort of algorithm and our weights are selected for us. Unfortunately, there's a little bit more to it. And this is such a great question because everybody wants great results if they're going to spend time in the gym. And selecting the appropriate weights plays such a strong role in that. But there is so much to take in, into consideration to selecting the appropriate weights for an exercise. That being said, they don't necessarily have to be perfect. You don't have to go into the gym day one and select the perfect weight. And there is no one special golden dumbbell that's going to get you to your goals in comparison to all the other ones. So there's somewhat of a acceptable range of weights that you particularly uh, for each particular exercise that you can perform to get to the results that you want. So we can take a deep breath, relieve ourselves of some stress in knowing that there might not be one perfect answer for this. But I'll talk about today some of the steps that you could take if you are working on your own to try to choose the best weight for you to optimize the results that you can get with the time that you spend in the gym. So the first thing that does stand out to me here is the risk reward scale. And we obviously want the highest possible level of rewards with the lowest possible risk. A lot of times members will go to the gym and they will be nervous to perform an exercise because they are nervous of getting hurt or they think it is going to give the reward that they so desire by going to the gym. So to keep this simple, as simple as humanly possible, I'm just gonna use three words for risk and reward, which is gonna be low, medium, and high. So when we are referencing risk and reward of performing a certain exercise with certain weights for certain reps for a, over the course of a certain amount of sets, over the course of an entire program, we are going to just categorize these as low, medium, and high risk and low, medium, and high reward. I also want to discuss the rate of perceived exertion scale because I think this is a big, big piece of this that is highly subjective. It doesn't necessarily have a perfect number associated with it, but with more experience and exposure to the rate of perceived exertion scale, you will at least be heading in the right direction of having a good weight selection when you first start and having a better weight selection over the course of a program, and then potentially having the best weight selection for optimal results by the time you get to the end of a program. The rate of perceived exertion scale is from one through 10. So one means it's that the exercise you just performed is incredibly easy, and 10 means that it is insanely challenging. So one piece of cake, 10 really tough. Now, every time that you perform an exercise, I want you to actually ask yourself the question, how difficult was that exercise on a scale of one through 10? And this takes a little bit of discipline because it's easy to absentmindedly perform your exercise and then just move on to the next one. But if we want to really challenge ourselves and progress our challenge over the course of a training program, and even over the course of a training day in some scenarios, I want you to actually ask yourself this question. And our staff ask this question to our members all the time. 
to help determine how challenging a particular exercise is because our eyes can't tell us the entire story if we are a bystander. So even if you did have a personal trainer standing next to you and pushing you and making decisions on your weights, the trainers can't necessarily know the entire story based on what they are seeing. So getting feedback from the person that is actually going through the experience of performing the exercise is critical to come to a consensus of what is actually happening and what is the right decision next. It's also important to know your goals, your pain history, your injury history, exercises that you are currently doing at the gym, the exercises that you enjoy doing and your desire to be pushed really hard and things like that. But we'll move forward in the conversation here without taking those things into consideration because basically we want to answer this question with as much information as possible but without overcomplicating it as much as humanly possible too. So I'm going to assume that the reward for you is very high. You're, you are in the gym because you want to experience a, a reward. And I'm assuming you wouldn't be asking me this question if you didn't have high expectations of going to the gym and accomplishing some sort of reward and achieving your goals in the gym. So most people that do work out, they want a high reward because that is ultimately why we do it. Now, in terms of risk, it is very difficult to assume this one because some exercises we can say are generally riskier than others, but we also have to factor in your competence to performing these exercises because let's say you're really good at a quote unquote riskier exercise, you have really great technique and you know how to appropriately load it and you have a ton of experience, that exercise is no longer high risk to you because of those things. But you could also make a low-risk exercise that is very easy to perform and generally perceived as not super risky. You can make that exercise very risky if you manipulate the other variables that make the exercise way more challenging than it should be. For example, choosing a weight that is way too heavy for you to perform properly. For the sake of answering the question, I'll assume you want to stay out of the high-risk category as much as possible in regards to risk and we're also going to assume that you're choosing exercises that are generally in the low to medium risk categories, like dumbbells, machines, and bodyweight exercises are decent examples. Whereas doing a ton of barbell lifts and Olympic lifts, those would, again, generally be perceived as higher risk, but unfair to just put them in that category with only that one variable being taken into consideration. So in regards to this, to maximize the reward while keeping the risk low, you should probably have good form for the exercise. You should probably go through a large range of motion. You should probably have great control going both up and down the exercise or in and out in the direction of which the exercise is taking place. But way too frequently, I will see people in gym performing exercise that is, they're doing it way too fast. They're not going full range of motion. That The range of motion is way too shallow and they are doing it with form that wouldn't exactly qualify as super safe. Now that we have chosen great exercises, we know how to perform them, perform them effectively. We must now decide how many reps we're going to be doing for these exercises. Let's just say 10 reps for each exercise, for example. Now, this is where I think it gets fun because now that we have all of those things figured out for us at PPT, we take everyone through a starting point session. So when you first come in, we have no idea what weights you're going to be using for these exercises, but we do customize a program for you. But to get from the point in which you walk in the door to the point in which you're performing exercises with weights, we have to try to figure out what weights you should be using. So based on your starting point session, you come in and we'll do a little bit of a body weight warm up, 
It will eliminate exercises from the body weight warm-up. If you have pain or injury, that this allow us to perform certain things. And we will definitely be on the cautious side when choosing these exercises. But based on how the member does there, the trainer will guess as to which way the member should be doing. And it's pretty easy if you're a good trainer to get pretty good at this. For example, if you see a member that does a perfect fair lunge and they have no stress on their face, they're holding a great conversation with you at the same time, and they do five lunges on each leg, and they just stand up tall, look at you with their lips still closed, not breathing hard with no, no expression of stress anywhere on their body, then it's safe to say that we should probably give that person some weight if we want to actually challenge them with the exercise. Now, how much weight, we don't really know yet. But again, we're going to err on the side and caution. We're going to take it easy at first. So we will take a stab at whatever way we think that they should perform. And then we will ask them how difficult was that on that one through 10 scale. And the combination of what we are seeing and what you are saying allows us to make decisions on what will happen next. Do we keep this weight that we did right now? Do we, should we go a little bit lighter or we start the program? Or should we go a little bit heavier because this was underwhelming and you are clearly a person that wants to be challenged. So now, if our, after our starting point session trainer plugs in the weights, then we write the program to make sure that when we start the program, we have room to improve. So when we first start the program, we don't necessarily on day one, want you to finish the workout and just be completely exhausted and muscle fatigue and cardiovascular fatigue and perform these sets of lunges of 10 that are just impossible to finish with without being completely exhausted. We want to start a little bit slower and then gradually increase the difficulty over time. And the number on the RPE scale that we're looking for, depending on the person, is probably somewhere between four and seven. But for you, when you are doing this on your own at a gym, you can play the same guessing game that we do for you guys. And you don't necessarily have to be an expert to choose the ballpark correct weight. So this is like a, a dating game for you. You don't have to commit to a particular weight just yet. You could try out a few different weights even. You can do your first set with 10 pounds. If it feels really easy, you can make the immediate jump to 15. And if that feels super light, you can make the immediate jump to 20. You could try some things out because you almost have to look at your first couple of weeks in the gym as information gathering, more so than as trying to run through a wall and accomplish your goals in a 14-day time frame. But make sure that you do start light because the only thing that can go wrong here in the guessing game is that you dramatically overshoot the weight that you should be using. So go light at first and focus on perfect form for all 10 reps. And if you get all 10, and if you get all 10 and you feel great, ask yourself after on that one through 10 scale, how challenging was that? And if it was super challenging, nine or 10, then maybe you went a little bit heavy. If it was a two or three difficulty out of 10, then maybe you should go a little bit heavier next set. So those are the important things that I would start off with if you are just getting into the gym on day one. Now, when lifting weights, it's probably more important to push to, to the appropriate rate of perceived exertion than it is to be hyper-focused on the appropriate weight at first. So let's, again, take that set of 10 example. You did your set of 10 reps of, let's say, a squat. And after those 10 reps, you feel like it was super easy. You could essentially keep going until you feel like you've achieved the appropriate RPE for the set. So if you did 10 reps and you're like, okay, at rep 10, I'm going to make the intuitive decision that this is about a three to 10 difficulty. So I'm going to do five more reps and go to 15. That's a great decision to make. 
and it's happening on the fly and you're probably thinking a little bit more than what you would want to be when you're first starting, but that would make the set appropriately challenging to qualify as a really good weight selection for the reps that you are choosing. And th this is helpful because it can help you focus on form when you're first starting. You don't have to become too obsessed with going heavier or using weights that are potentially outside your scope when first starting. And it'll help you build some tolerance for your body to handle this new activity because you should treat brain training like you're riding a bike. Now, riding a bike, at least for me, there's footage of this somewhere. Riding a bike can be uh, an overwhelming experience. There's a, there's a video of me getting very angry, maybe a little bit of an anger problem when I was younger, but I fell off the bike a few times and my mom was filming this. And I, I don't know if I was mad over me falling or mad over the fact that I was falling on film or a combination of the two. But essentially, when this is taking place, I want you guys to think of your strength training as learning to ride a bike. And just because you just learn and you have the exercise down, the form down, just because the training wheels are off, doesn't mean you should be going 30 miles an hour without a helmet. So still take safety into consideration when you are first starting. And just because you might be able to pedal at 30 miles an hour, doesn't mean you should do it. And you should probably still wear your helmet. And maybe you should max out at maybe 10 miles an hour right now. If your goal is to be an Olympic level biker one day, then we'll gradually move towards pedaling at 30 miles per hour. But right now it's very not necessary. But as you get more exposure to strength training, you will get stronger, number one, obviously. So you will be able to handle more weight, but you will also be increasing your ability to handle higher RPE levels for the exercise. So not only are you getting stronger, which will allow you to choose more weight, but you are also going to try to challenge yourself more simultaneously to add more weight. So if you are choosing the same weights week in, week out for years, you're probably doing yourself a disservice. Now, that is better than doing nothing. That is so much better than doing nothing. But doing the same exact rate for years is probably not what you want to do if you're trying to maximize results. You probably didn't marry the first person that you dated. So you probably shouldn't marry the first weight that you choose in the gym either. And you should probably have an idea as to whether you want to go up in weight or not. Consider it an, an upgrade. Hopefully you find your current spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend to be better than the first person you dated. If not, that's a separate conversation. But if you if the goal was to gradually date somebody that is a better fit for you over time and with age you made better decisions, think of strength training the same way. Same principle applies here. We want to gradually find the appropriate weight and we want to gradually push ourselves more to find the best fit to give us the best results. Now, as you continue seeing progress over time, you're going to get to the point that you are pushing yourself to maybe a nine or 10 out of 10. This is great because this means we're at the end of a program, we're really pushing forward. And then that is potentially what we are reaping the benefits, but we almost had to graduate through elementary school and middle school to push ourselves to this level of nine and 10. All right. So now we're pedaling the bike at 25 ish miles an hour. Now, once you get to this point, this doesn't mean that you stay there forever. Once you are accomplishing very challenging sets at a very high intensity, you don't necessarily stay at 10 out of 10 difficulty for the rest of life. At some point you recycle back and you start to change the RE back down to a six or seven. You can change the exercises if you want, but it's not completely necessary or mandatory, but you come back down, you recycle back to the six or seven out of 10 difficulty, and then you gradually increase the variables again, in this example, the weights, until the point that you get to the nine or 10 difficulty, and then you play the same game and recycle back. 
How long should these recycling actions take place? Probably once every couple of months. But with advanced trainees that have been doing this for a very long time and they know what the most effective exercises are, sometimes they'll do the same exact program for years and only make minor manipulations to the reps and just recycle the exercises back and gradually move towards from a seven RPE all the way up to a 10 RPE again over the course of a bunch of weeks, six months, and then play the whole game over again. So hopefully this was helpful and hopefully this answers your question in regards to how much weight you select. But at the end of the day, the simple answer is you probably don't know. And it's important for you to know that there is no perfect weight. There are prob there's probably a range of weights that will get the job done as long as you push yourself appropriately. So if you are doing an exercise like, what's the most common one? For us, it's probably a goblet squat. I feel like in commercial gyms, it's, you never see goblet squats. If someone squats in a commercial gym, they're almost always doing a back squat. But let's say that you're doing, let's say you're doing a quad extension machine. And then on that quad extension machine, the first time that you do it, you get, you choose a weight and you get the 10 and you want to do more reps, go for it. If you chose too heavy of a weight, you'll probably know before you get the 10, but you could stop the set short if you feel like you've reached that level of difficulty. But it's important to know that there's a range of weights that you probably can select and achieve the result as long as you keep the risk relatively low by not going too high on the RPE scale. All right, and that is uh, my answer for the question of if you work out at a gym and you have no idea what weights to use, how do you figure that out and what are the perfect weights? And uh, hopefully that was helpful. If you guys know anybody who would benefit from hearing this that works out on their own and they're a little bit confused on what weights they should be choosing if they are at the gym, send them this and hopefully it is helpful. If you have questions, most of you guys, most of the members have my cell phone number. If not, feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram. Thanks a lot. Peace.